Hello and welcome to The Farming Week, the podcast from AgriLand that keeps you up to date with all the latest in Irish agriculture. I'm Frances MacDonald and I'm joined today by my colleagues Ashley O'Brien, Charles O'Donnell and Brefney O'Brien. We're going to be taking a look through some of the biggest headlines here in AgriLand this week, from tanks to banks, the latest on milk prices, and of course, we can't escape what's been happening on the weather front. But first, it's been a long time coming, but finally, there are many farmers across the country this week whose bank balances have gotten a bit of a boost. Why is that, Ashley? Yes, Francis. Well, it is the most important check of the year for farmers. It has to be said this week, Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConlow, confirmed that advance payments worth a total of €452 million were going to be issued to farmers under the Basic Income Support for Sustainability, known as BIS, of course, which replaces the Basic Payment Scheme under the new Common Agricultural Policy. And those advance payments also include CRIS, which is the complement redistributive income support for sustainability as well. So those 70% advance payments are being made to 103,764 farmers and they commence this week and they should be visible in those bank accounts over the coming days. Now the minister said that the number of farmers there that actually equates to about 90% in or around of the applicants for BIS that were currently eligible for payments. It was announced earlier this year that just shy of 125,000 farmers actually made applications for BIS. Now, the Department of Agriculture said it's going to continue to process as a matter of urgency all remaining cases for payment as they meet the scheme criteria. So if you have not got a BIS or a CRIS advance payment this week, definitely make sure that you engage with the department and any outstanding documentation, get that into them as soon as you can so they can get that payment out to you. And look, I suppose earlier this year, the department did confirm, as you mentioned in your question, that the the payment dates for BIS um, would be pushed back by several weeks. And uh, Minister McConlow confirmed this week that he has committed that the payment dates for next year, for 2024, will revert to the payment schedule in place for previous years. And that was once the complexities, I suppose, of the, the new schemes under the new cap had been ironed out by the department. So, Look, a positive week, uh, Francis, for for payments, uh, albeit a bit later than, than normal. And we've got one more to come next Tuesday. That's right. So BIS and Chris marked the 2nd October Tuesday of three where advance payments are being issued to farmers. And last week we reported here on the podcast that advance payments totaling €179 million were issued to more than 85,000 farmers under the areas of natural constraints scheme. Now, the payments for the new eco schemes are set to commence from next week. And the aim of that scheme, of course, is to reward farmers for undertaking actions which are beneficial to the climate, environment, water quality and biodiversity. So again, as I said, a couple of positive weeks on the payment front. And look, all of these payments, Francis, not only are they very important for farmers' bank balances and their families, but also for rural communities as well, because this money, generally we've seen it over and over again, is spent locally. It's supporting local co-ops, local shops. And, you know, it's it's very important for for farmers as well, given that the, the tax return deadline isn't too far away as well. Yeah, hugely important for communities. I was talking to one farmer during the week and he'd been saying he'd been writing checks for universities, for colleges, for fees. And obviously the delay in the payments had had a knock on effect there for what he was doing. 
Absolutely. I mean, look, farmers are, are, are self-employed, Francis. They have bills to pay themselves as well. And, uh, you know, it does come as a relief to, to get those checks uh, into the bank account uh, at this time every year. Um, as we said, look, later than normal this year, but uh, hopefully it'll go some way. I'm just staying with Kat for a moment there. This week, you were covering a story about why 9,300 farmers have received notification from the Department of Agriculture in relation to farm inspections. What was that about? Yeah, so we've previously spoken about this here on the pod, but just a reminder that under the the new cap, the area monitoring system, the AMS, it's mandatory across all EU member states to monitor compliance with farm scheme criteria. It uses satellite data, which is gathered about every five days, I think, automatically, and it observes and assesses agricultural activities and practices. And the AMS also uses uh, photographs provided through the AgriSnap app, which we're familiar with from our favourite scheme, Acres, Francis, uh, that of course was developed by the Department of Agriculture as well. Those photographs are used to verify declared crops. So between June and September of this year, 9,197 farmers received an AMS notification where at least one red parcel had been identified on their this application. So red parcels essentially indicate that a potential non-compliance has been detected and that will impact impact payments if they're not resolved. So the parcels could be due to several factors. It could be something like an ineligible feature that has been included in an application, such as a house, a roadway, a farm building, or maybe that uh, ineligible crops have been planted or a different type of crop than what was declared on the scheme application. So 92% um, of farmers or their advisors responded to those uh, notifications, uh, but only 36% of them included the, the required AgriSnap photo in response. Um, now, 36 parcels, interestingly, were withdrawn in response to the AMS notifications and the final round of notifications were issued on October 18th and they went to about 107 herd owners for potential non-compliances and applicants have until November 16th to reply to the final notifications, the department told us. So again, important that farmers who receive those notifications engage with the department on that. Thanks, Ashen. And now on to another story that we covered this week, which highlighted that the number of herds restricted in Ireland because of bovine tuberculosis, BTB, had risen to 4,868 in the 12 months to October 2023. According to the Department of Agriculture, BTB hit a historical low in 2016. But since 2018, there's been an acceleration in transmission levels, and we're all too aware of the devastating impact of BTB on farm families. This week, my colleague Charles O'Donnell reported on an important breakthrough for farm families on this issue. Charles, can you tell us a bit more about that? Well, basically, Francis, uh, the way things are at the moment, if a herd is restricted with TB, they can sell test negative animals to a controlled finishing unit in what is essentially a private sale. Now, the effect of that very often and what farmers feel is that they're not getting always the fairest price for the animals um, based on market uh, market uh, prices for, for cattle at, at that particular time. But the uh, development this week is that new guidelines have been issued by the Department of Agriculture that will allow uh, online on-farm auctions to be held for uh, animals in TB-restricted herds so that multiple controlled finishing units can uh, bid for these animals uh, in uh, 
what is I suppose a more traditional um setup than the private uh, sale. And it's the the hope is that um animals will uh, get a, a fairer price and that the farmer will get a fairer return uh, on those animals uh, than what would be possible in a um in a private sale with a, with just a single control finishing unit. And when is this likely to be ruled out, Charles? Well, uh, the uh, it's envis- envisaged that this uh, system will be in place by the end of the end of the month, and farmers who are interested in having uh, uh, on online on farm uh, auction of this type uh, should contact their local mar- mart uh, and their regional veterinary office in order to set that up. Thanks for that, Charles. Now, as many of our regular listeners know, the milk price has been a constant topic for us here on this podcast, and many times it hasn't exactly been the most cheery of news. But there are indications, Ashley, that life could get a little bit easier for some of our dairy farmers. Well, hopefully it seems that way anyway, Francis, even though it may be cold comfort to dairy farmers um, as we're well out of the the peak milk season now and heading for the back end and spring calving farms, of course, are, are preparing for drying off. But look, to to put it into context, this week I I travelled across the border from Kerry to Mitchellstown in County Cork, where Ornua was unveiling a 40 million euro investment at its flagship butter production facility at Kerry Gold Park. Now, the facility now includes two state-of-the-art butter churns and 10 packing lines for a range of over 50 different product formats. And the investment means that production at the plant will double to around 80,000 tonnes of butter annually, or to put that into context, about 1 million retail packs of butter per day are going to be produced at this facility. So the investment, uh, it was supported by Enterprise Ireland through a 5 million euro grant as well. It's going to create 30 new jobs, bringing the workforce at Kerrygold Park to 180. And this is all aiming to support Ornua's goal to make Kerrygold the first 2 billion euro food brand in Ireland. And from speaking with the interim CEO of Ornua, Donald Buggy, I got the impression that that announcement isn't going to be too far away, Francis. Certainly, it has been rapid growth for the Kerrygold brand. It's the number two butter brand in the US. It's Germany's favorite butter. And uh, that growth has really been ramping up over the past five or six years. On this announcement, Donald Buggy told me that they were expanding the plant, but it was with existing butter produced in Ireland. They weren't going to be looking for any more butter to be produced in the country. They said they could fill the plant with what is already out there. So it's not about having extra growth uh, in the production of dairy, but it's about adding value uh, to the dairy products that they already have. And the investment in the plant will allow Ornua to produce a variety of products in different sizes in response to demand from consumers around the world uh, and that includes a new 100 gram butter stick as well. So the interim chief executive of Ornua also noted that this year of course as we know has been a very difficult environment for farmers both in terms of milk price and the difficult weather conditions but he seems to be positive um, when I asked him about global dairy markets. Have a listen to this. The whole market came off very, very quickly in the first half. It has then in in quarter three stabilised and actually in the last few weeks we've seen some signs of life on pricing across the world, which is great news. Um, I think more importantly we need to see a bit of stability in that price. It it doesn't suit anyone for the price to be rocketing up and rocketing back down again. It it just isn't the way, particularly a brand, you you need it fairly consistent. So a, a nice steady growth in the price. Uh, without any major fluctuations, I think will be a benefit for everyone. And at the moment, signs are looking positive on that front. 
So Francis, that was the interim CEO of or knew a Donald Buggy there. And I suppose he is being positive. He said there are signs of life on the, the global dairy markets. So maybe something that we can hold on to for, for the coming months, fingers crossed. Yeah, it is really good news. I think the only disappointment is that we didn't see any of the celebrity fans of the butter appear because we know the Kardashians have been tweeting about it and, and quite a few other celebrities. So unfortunately, none of them turned up for the opening, though. Well, they, they appeared on screen. Um, we saw Oprah. I think Courtney Cox was in there from Friends. And uh, yes, the Kardashians made an appearance as well. But the question did remain, Francis, who is taking the horse to France? And nobody could answer that question for me. Yeah, that's that's the big answer that we need next week then, Ashley. Challenge accepted. <laughs> and we've had also some new developments when it comes to fixed milk price schemes this week. Yes, Francis. So this week, Lakeland Dairies said it was launching a new voluntary fixed milk price scheme in both the Republic of Ireland and in Northern Ireland. The scheme is going to run from January to December of next year, and it will give all of its 3,200 farm family suppliers the opportunity to either lock in 5% or 10% of their milk volumes based on 2022 levels. So according to Lakeland, farmers in the Republic can get a price of 395 cent a litre for the months of April to September. The price then from October to March will be 40 and a half cent per litre. This is based on 3.3% protein and 3.6% butter fat. In Northern Ireland, there'll be a price of 32 and a half pence per litre from April to September, and it will be 33 and a half pence per litre from October to March. Now, Lakeland said it was asking suppliers to examine the details of this scheme very closely, take all the advice available to them and make what they called an informed choice based on all of the facts. And applications for that scheme will be accepted up until midday this Friday, October 27th. So that announcement, Francis, follows a similar move by Kerry Group earlier this month, which announced a new forward price scheme at 38 and a half cent a litre inclusive of VAT. That scheme would run from March to October of 2024. And it's interesting to note that in the previous uh, offering in August, Kerry Group had offered its suppliers a forward price scheme at 33 and a half cent a litre. So uh, there was a significant increase in this latest round. Now, we did catch up with with the Irish Farmers Association National Dairy Committee Chair Stephen Arthur this week. And he felt that there is an appetite among some dairy farmers for these new fixed milk price schemes. But he felt that any new scheme should come with an inputs cost clause because of the inflationary pressures that farmers have been contending with now for it has to be at least the guts of a year, if not more. And um, he felt that other processors may now look to, to roll out similar voluntary schemes and he said, look, it might appeal to some farmers who are thinking ahead about their business and might feel that it's prudent to put up to 10% of their volumes into a fixed milk price scheme. I suppose, look, it is interesting, Francis, that these schemes are making an appearance now. Again, obviously, farmers are under pressure in terms of price. They came on for a lot of criticism last year when we had record high milk prices in 2022. And I suppose the farmers, particularly those who had signed up a lot of their milk volume to these voluntary uh, fixed price schemes, I suppose they felt that they were losing out in comparison to their uh, fellow farmers who were getting uh, record milk prices at that time. Yeah, it's a difficult choice, isn't it? Because you're really hedging your bets now. And we've been looking at global markets. We've we've seen the knocks that the global markets have had in the last 12 months. So uh, quite quite a difficult decision for some dairy farmers. 
It is. And it's definitely something that you have to sit down and, and think about. And I suppose the windows for these schemes are, are always quite short. The application windows, Francis, they, they the processors don't allow them open for, for that long. I suppose they, they want to get people um, to, to make a decision. And uh, but it is important that all farmers uh, have to really consider this uh, before they, they go ahead, uh, as Lakeland said. And just before we leave this, it was a trading update from Kerry Group this week also. Yeah, so Kerry Group um, produced financial results for quarter three of this year and the company said that its full year earnings guidance is expected to be at the lower end of the 1% to 5% constant currency range, which it previously stated. It said that the year-to-date volumes at its dairy business, which is called Dairy Ireland, were down by 6.2%, with margins also impacted by challenging market conditions. Volumes at Dairy Ireland fell by 12.1% in quarter three as input cost dynamics continue to impact overall market demand Kerry Group said pricing also dropped by 17.6% over that period so it really does show starkly the impact of the the global dairy markets when it comes to to Kerry Group's uh, dairy business now it wasn't all bad news Uh, group margin expanded by 100 basis points that was driven by the company's taste and nutrition division which showed volume growth of 1.6% in quarter three and over overall volume growth of 1.5%. Now, although market conditions remain uncertain, Francis Kerry Group said it remains well positioned with a good innovation pipeline. And it said that the taste and nutrition business is strongly positioned for volume growth and margin expansion. However, not such a good uh, outlook for Dairy Ireland's performance because they feel it continues to be impacted by challenging market conditions. Uh, Also, as part of this financial update, they announced that they would be launching a 300 million million euro share buyback program at the start of November, which they will communicate to shareholders in advance. And it was also confirmed there'd be two new faces on the board of Kerry Group with the appointment of Dr. Genevieve Berger and Professor Catherine Godson as non-executive directors of the company with effect from November 1st. Thanks for that. Now we're going to turn to a really important trial that has taken place, the results of which could pave the way for a new approach to calf management during transit. Let's hear more about this from AgriLand's technical beef specialist, Brefni O'Brien. Brefni, tell us a bit about what this trial entailed. Yes, Francis. So last week, AgriLand paid a visit to a farm and it was an interesting trial getting underway where calves, uh, a consignment of Irish calves were set to be exported to a market in mainland Europe and the calves would have access to milk feeders on the lorry. So the trial was facilitated by Wicklow Calf Company and Chagisk were conducting the research. Um, the lorry came over from Germany. It was a Finkel trailer, was the make of the trailer, and it was owned by a man named Paul Berghus. Um, so there's some interesting features on the lorry, including um, a two-back steering axles, as well as obviously the onboard milk feeders. There also was a water heater and a mixer for mixing the milk, as well as distributing it across the lorry. So the feeders on board the lorry could be dropped down when they were needed and uh, the calves could 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 feed from them and there were teats on the feeder. Uh, now, these needed to be filled manually by the operator, which could which could be an issue for for its use, um, I suppose, if it was to be rolled out uh, on a wider scale. Before the lorry departed, there was a discussion in the yard between some people involved in the calf trade across Europe and in Ireland. And there was an opinion among some of these people that it may well be better if the calves had access to electrolyte solutions when they were being transported. 
But uh, everybody there agreed that the science should lead the way and that uh, calf transportation guidelines should be dictated by what the science suggests. And Breffney, why was the trial important? So obviously, Francis, the trial is important because uh, I suppose calf exports, there's been a lot of uh, talk about them in the mo- at the moment in the headlines. Uh, every spring, there are huge numbers of calves exported from Ireland to markets in mainland Europe. To date this year, over 200,000 Irish calves have made the journey uh, from Ireland to France and then onwards to various different markets across Europe. Um there is some people who have concerns about this about this practice and the duration of the transport times. So if some sort of feeding technology can be adopted, it would be a monumental breakthrough for welfare uh, during transportation of calves. And finally, while the rain may have finally eased off in some parts of the country, many communities are still counting the cost of the flooding and also coping with the aftermath of it all, aren't they, Ashling? Yeah, Francis, your heart would go out to all of those who've been impacted by the flooding as a result of Storm Babette. She may have come and gone at this stage, but the, the images, especially from the town of Middleton and Cork, have just been terrible. And the, the cleanup there, it's going to, to go on for quite some time, I'd imagine. From a farming point of view, this week, farmers uh, with flooded storage facilities were told that they can spread soiled water, but there can be no further spreading of slurry until the slurry spreading season opens again next year and they have been warned that there will be sanctions for any farmers who are found to be spreading slurry in breach of the regulations. Um, Minister Charlie McConlogue said that there was a recent extension as we know of the slurry spreading period to October 14th and in most cases where tanks have been appropriately managed there should be very little slurry present and in many cases what has accumulated during Storm Babette is soiled water. So under the Good Agricultural Practice for the Protection of Water Regulations, subject to suitable ground conditions and an acceptable weather forecast, soiled water can be spread up until early December. So the advice for farmers who are in this position is they must ensure that there is no agitation of material in the tank prior to spreading. The soil conditions and the forecast uh, must be suitable for the application of soiled water without any risk of runoff. Relevant buffer strips must be maintained and if a farmer has any concerns that the content of a flooded slurry store may not be soiled water they should contact their local authority um, you know before taking any action as well look it has been welcomed by the Irish Creamery Milk Suppliers Association as well the ICA said they had gotten numerous calls from farmers who were quite distressed Francis about what they would do because obviously the slurry store or slurry spreading window has closed now uh, and the clarification from the department was welcome on that regard but just a reminder it's soiled water only adhere to those uh, pieces of advice that the the department have issued and uh, absolutely no slurry spreading because uh, it could land you in trouble yeah and we're still waiting to hear whether there will be any financial support for farmers that have been impacted across the country and we're, we're hoping that we'll maybe see some information on that coming out over the next few days Absolutely. And particularly for the tillage sector, we see that the Irish Grain Growers Group and the IFA have both met with uh, Minister McConlogue uh, in the past week to outline, I suppose, the, the case, particularly for a cohort of tillage farmers, Francis, who have lost entire crops. They aren't able to harvest them because of the weather conditions and Storm Babette added insult to injury, I think, for, for many farmers out there on the ground. And as you said, look, it, it could impact fodder stores for, for some farmers as well, you know, as the 
the cleanup operation from Storm Babette continues. Yeah, this is a story we'll definitely be keeping an eye on and you can check it out on our app and also on agriland.ie. And of course, you'll be able to see the video that Breffney was chatting about there um, with the trial that had taken place in relation to calf management during transit and all the other stories that we've covered today. So thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Farming Week. And thank you also to Ashley and Charles and Breffney. Don't forget to rate, review and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. All the best for the week ahead.